So we're going to start by bringing you the classified results from football, rugby and hockey across the Isle of Man. They are as follows. Starting with football. The GH Corlett Woods Cup quarterfinals. Governors Athletic 2, Douglaston District 1, after extra time. Onken 2, Foxdale 3. Michael United versus Douglas High School Old Boys awaiting result. Maloo 3, Colby 4, after extra time. The Canada Life Men's Premier League. St George's 0, Laxey 4. Moran 0, Union Mills 3. St Mary's 1, St John's 1. Corinthians 1, Russian United 1. Peel versus Air United abandoned in the second half. Ramsey versus Braddon awaiting result. In DPS Limited Division 2. Paul Rose 2, Castletown 8. Jims versus Ramsey Youth Centre and Old Boys awaiting result. In Canada Life Combination 1. Braddon versus Air United awarded as a walkover to Air United. Braddon unable to field a team. St John's United versus Russian United awaiting result. In DPS Limited, Combination 2. Foxdale 3, Michael United 6. Colby versus Jims awaiting result. Douglas Athletic versus Douglas High School Old Boys postponed due to an unfit pitch. And Douglas and District versus Ramsey Youth Centre and Old Boys awaiting result. Turning now to the results in Isle of Man Rugby today. The Manx Cup. Vagabonds 10, Ramsey 10. And in the Manx Shield, Southern Nomads 66, Western Vikings 33. Turning now to hockey. The Ladies Premier League. Vikings A2, Backers A3. Harlequins A0, Valkyries A4. Castletown B2, Castletown A8. In the Men's Premier League. Castletown A5, Backers B4. Backers A2, Vikings A1. Valkyries A2, Harlequins A3. In Ladies Division 1. Castletown C0, Valkyries B4. Ramsey A1, Vikings B1. Backers C1, Backers B11. In Men's Division 1. Castletown B versus Viking C, awarded as a walkover to Castletown B, Viking C unable to field a team. Harlequins B versus Valkyries B, a late result. Vikings B versus Ramsey A, also a late result. In Ladies Division 2, Valkyries C 0, Harlequins B 6. Castletown E 1, Castletown D 5. Ramsey B 3, Vikings C 0. In Men's Division 2, Valkyries C4, Backers D2. Backers Colts versus Castletown C is a late result. In the Under-15s League, Valkyries 8, Vikings 0. And Backers versus Harlequins is a late result. Well, that concludes the classified results so far for Isle of Man Football, Rugby and Hockey, Saturday the 24th of February 2024. You may notice there are a couple of outstanding results across uh, football and hockey. If you do have details of those, please do, please do text us in 166167. 
Well, we are awaiting the arrival of our football correspondent, uh, Tony Meppham, who's been out and about today over at uh, the game between Peel and Air United in the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Uh, before we have his arrival, we also have to bring you the news that in the football that we will be bringing you live draws. We anticipate to bring you live draws as well of the semi-finals of the GH Call at Woods Cup and also the latest cup draw in the Masters competition as well. All of that is to come, but first off, we're going to turn our attention to rugby and a slightly less busy schedule given the Six Nations currently on at the moment means that the English club championships are taking a break across the divisions, meaning Douglas, Vagabonds and Vagabonds ladies are uh, without a game this weekend and have the chance to have a little bit of a rest. But nevertheless, we still have two games taking place in domestic competition. The first tie, the 2024 Manx Cup taking place early today at Bala Fletcher and also action in the Manx Shield as well. So high time that we bring in our rugby correspondent Dave Christian to take us through what's been going on today. So uh, Dave, first off, we'll start with the Manx Cup. Uh, a close scoreline there, of course, Vagabonds 10, Ramsey 10, a bit of a shutout and quite a rare result, I suppose, when it comes to rugby union. What can you tell us about the game today so far? Well, you're right, Rob. It's a very rare result. Uh, games between Ramsey and Vagabonds never failed to disappoint. This one didn't, apart from the 10-10 final scoreline, which really pleased neither side. Um, it, was, it was very difficult. You could see the players at a final whistle. Uh, almost, you can see all the shoals collectively drop. It was uh, so close and so tight. Uh, Ramsey started at a million miles an hour. Uh, they were 10-0 up in 10 minutes. Uh, a couple of back moves uh, saw uh, left-wing Danny Howard uh, use his pace wide on the outside. Uh, the first one came from a set scrummage. The Vagabond scrummage was dominant this afternoon, as it has been for most of this season. And uh, Ramsey struggling to get the ball out the back. When they did get it out, they shipped it left to uh, Danny Howard. And uh, he just went round the outside of Josh Moden and scored in the corner. And it took a little bit of effort from him as well, because uh, from the set scrum, the defence was already in position. This wasn't broken play. Uh, he had to beat three men to get over the line. Uh, so it was a cracking opening score for him. Uh, ten minutes in, lead was doubled. It was Danny Howard again, uh, this time capitalising on Vagabond's mistake. They punted the ball downfield and it didn't make touch. It was fielded by Ramsey fullback Joey Callow. Joey was straight onto the counter-attack. He managed to get through the first uh, defensive line of Vagabond's. And once he got through, he offloaded off to the left to where Danny Howard was in support. And this time there was no stopping him. There was no cover defence. This was broken field play. Danny Howard with his speed excels in those sort of conditions and uh, nobody could get near him. For Ramsey, uh, Brandon Atchison had to go at both conversions. The first one came back off the upright and if that had been two or three inches the other way, um, we could have had a, a win for Ramsey there this afternoon. Ramsey did have a penalty chance uh, late-ish in the first half. Uh, pretty much 22 metres out in front of goal. Uh, they opted to kick and run. And uh, that perhaps was uh, a mistake. And uh, again, that's come back to haunt them uh, with a tied game. Just as halftime was approaching, you felt Ramsey were uh, in charge of the game and Vagabonds then finally got hold of the ball and uh, their forward pack just drove it downfield. And uh, in the end, Ramsey, under a little bit of pressure in their own 22, held onto the ball on the ground. Uh, that gave Vagabonds a penalty. Cam Finley knocked that over with the final kick of the first half. And the half-time lead was 10-3. Uh, so just seven points, which was one score. 
At half-time, Vagabond's coach, Franzi Gamishas, must have worked his magic in the break because Vagas started the second half much the better of the two sides. They had more possession, they had more territory, and finally, it took them 20 minutes, but finally all that possession and territory took its toll, and it was prop forward Mitch Wells who crashed over from close range to score. Cam Finley added the conversion. Uh, that tied the game and set up a final 20 minutes, which everyone thought would be a grandstand finish. But uh, in reality, it wasn't. Vagabonds couldn't get over the whitewash at the other end, and Ramsey really struggled to get the hold of the ball. Without possession, their fast backline couldn't do any damage. And uh, in the end, they finally broke into the Vagabonds' half, got into the 22. They had two late penalties which could have snatched them the game. Nathan Robson this time on kicking duty, and unfortunately he missed both of them. So uh, that was the final of the scoring opportunities. Vagabonds managed to uh, keep their defensive line clear and weren't able to mount a successful attack at the other end. It's going to be a bit of a conundrum for these two now because uh, there are only three league fixtures in this phase of the cup competition. Uh, they all the teams play each other once, and a draw isn't really going to favour any of them. Pretty certain Douglas are the strongest side. They're probably going to win their three matches. So it really is a fight between Ramsey and Vagabonds uh, for that other place in the cup final. And uh, it'll be down to the results of the other matches. Uh, if one of them can pick up a bonus point somewhere along the line, that might just give them the advantage. But uh, it's difficult to say. Very early days, but two points each is nothing. <laughs> well, it's something that neither side really wanted. They'd have much been happier with a win. Uh, we don't have a date for the next round of fixtures yet, but we're hearing some rumblings in the background that we might see Vagabonds take on Southern Nomads on the 9th of March. Uh, Vagabonds just trying to squeeze those fixtures in on free weekends. It keeps their league side bubbling along, gives them some proper game time, and at the same time uh, reduces the possibility of fixture congestion, uh, which we're probably going to see when Douglas finally get into the competition uh, in around about the 13th of April. Uh, things are going to be pretty tight then, so uh, fair play if Vagabonds and Nomads can get that one on on the 9th of March. We'll keep you posted as soon as we know where we'll get it out there. In the Manx Shield this afternoon, there was just a one fixture, and 66-33 uh, to Southern Nomads down at Balakilia Park against Western Vikings. Uh, Vikings picked up a tri-bonus point for that, and uh, that gives them a, a crucial point in the league standings, and they hold on to their second place. Nomads now in third, just a single point behind Western Vikings. Not too much information as yet on this uh, uh, scoreline. We do know that Harry Goodwin and Harvey Collister have scored for Western Vikings this afternoon, but I've got no more details than that at this stage, and uh, hopefully we'll get that uh, up for manxradio.com and the sports page a little bit later on tonight when the results start to filter through, but uh, just waiting on scorers from Southern Nomads at this moment in time. Uh, fair performance for them, though. They've had a little bit of a turmoil recently with two big defeats against Ramsey. Uh, they're now back to winning ways, and uh, that uh, result will give them a little bit of a boost ahead of their start of their Manx Cup, which could be in two weeks' time. Just very quickly, Dave, as well, looking at the teams that did have a little bit of a break this weekend as well. Douglas, Vagabonds and Vagabonds Ladies, a uh, bit of a chance to rest and recuperate. But uh, going into next weekend, what's maybe on the cards for them? Well, what we're going to find uh, Douglas as 
they're in a, a really good position. At the start of the season, they looked like they were going to struggle a little bit. And uh, they've had a little purple patch really since the beginning of December. Uh, they had a couple of good results, and that's really boosted them up the table. Uh, they were potentially as high as fifth place. And uh, today, well, it's not worked out so well for them. And uh, no game for them. And they're currently lying eighth place. Uh, but uh, with a run of fixtures towards the end of the season, potentially, and two games in hand, of course, because they had a game postponed against Birkenhead Park last week, uh, they've got the potential to possibly climb up as high as fifth come the end of the season, which, given where they were after, I think, two or three matches, I think they lost their first four, in fact, if I'm honest, uh, that give them a little bit of a problem there at the start. Uh, next week, uh, they, travel, <laughs> they travel to Bowdoin, which isn't a good place for them. Bowdoin currently in third, winning 14 from their 18 starts. Uh, but uh, then they have a home fixture on the 9th of March against Kirby Lonsdale. Uh, Kirby Lonsdale down near the bottom of the table. So that's a good opportunity for Douglas to pick up some points. For Vagabonds, a little bit different for them. Uh, they have uh, a break now until the 9th of March when they're supposed to play Chorley. Now, and we're hearing on the grapevine that Chorley may be conceding this fixture because they're running short of players at this late stage in the season. And that's why we're hoping to switch uh, Vagabonds and Southern Nomads in the Manx Cup for that game. Uh, Vaga's got uh, crucial games left, though. They've got to play Ashton under line, who are top, and they've got to play Cole and Nelson, who are second. Now, if they can win both of those, uh, Ashton under line, Cole and Nelson play each other on the 23rd of March, uh, they could just sneak a promotion place, but uh, much will depend on uh, how the other results go uh, as the season progresses. But uh, yeah, free week next week for Vagabonds. Douglas with a tricky fixture away at uh, Bowdoin who are very high up in the standings and possibly chasing promotion themselves. Vagabonds ladies, I hope they get into action next week. In fact, I'm pretty certain it's next week. Uh, they should have a home fixture. They've had a run of away games, and uh, those away games haven't really gone well for them in what's uh, appearing to be a rebuilding season. And they lost to topside uh, Liverpool St. Helens 96-0 last week. Uh, Saturday the 2nd of March, Vagabonds ladies are at home. It's the first in a run of home fixtures. They've got Didsbury Tock. Uh, Dig Didsbury Tock from the Manchester area. Um, they'll be playing at Bella Fletcher on the 2nd of March. And hopefully we'll be there to cover that one for Saturday Live. Uh, coming in the run at the end of the season, they have a game on the 9th of March against Chester Divas, and then the final game on the 16th of March, which is going to be a Super Saturday up there at Bella Fletcher. Uh, we've got Vagabonds Ladies against Eccles Ladies. And uh, also on the 16th of March, we're going to have the Cheshire Plate Final, Ramsey against Western Vikings, and... Uh, Vagabond's first team are at home that day as well uh, with a league fixture against Ashton Underline, the league leaders. So massive day up at Vagabond's on the 16th of March. But that's all coming up, Rob. Dave Christian, thank you very much, as always. Manx Radio Sport.
We'll be turning our attention to hockey very shortly, but we're going to take a quick interlude into the footballing side of things. I can confirm that Tony Meppham is in the building here at Broadcasting House, ready to go through the respective results across the Isle of Man leagues and cup competitions. And of course, don't forget, we are planning to do the live draws for two cup competitions later in the day. But whilst uh, Tony is uh, crunching the numbers and all the details across from me, uh, we're going to turn quickly to FC Isle of Man. After defeat to the NWCFL Premier Division League leaders last weekend on home soil at the ball, they travelled to Kendall town this weekend and unfortunately it has been a day to forget in Cumbria for the Ravens it's now back-to-back defeats and on the wrong end of what has been a heavy 6-1 defeat at the hands of uh, Kendall Town today well to get some reaction and get some thoughts um, I'm delighted to be joined by the FC Alabama manager Paul Jones well uh, uh, Paul very good afternoon um, but not a great afternoon on the pitch for your side so just a very quickly a, a 6-1 defeat what do you believe went wrong today? <laughs> um, not a lot went right to be honest today especially in the first 25-30 minutes of the game um, you know we, we conceded very early and, and conceded another couple very quickly after that as well and um, yeah we, we we were poor it's the it's the, probably the worst first half that I've kind of had to endure really um, in the, in the, since I've been in the role so it, it wasn't great at all um, there was a a better reaction in the second half but you know we shouldn't have to wait until that to, to to look a little bit more like ourselves so as good as we we have been in recent games first half was was very much one to forget and uh you know the the i can only really apologize to the the large number in, of, of our supporters that traveled to kendall today because um, they've been incredible all day they've not stopped singing and supporting the, the players and the team and they had the players had no right to have their support really after the first uh, half an hour of that first half, but um, they've been incredible and and um, we thank them ever so much for for all of their support and and as I say, I apologise for what they had to witness there in the first half. Well, if we're talking about the first half to forget conceding five goals, yes, you conceded again in the second. Uh, what are the positives you feel that you have to take uh, going into the next game, particularly in the the second half? Like you say, you felt things marginally improved. Yeah, they, they did. You know, we were we were all over the place really first half, and then players were we had eleven individuals on the pitch, and and, and not eleven players who were who were covering spaces and playing as a team. And, and you know, we we got a little bit better at playing as a team in the second half, and you know, the game was kind of won in many ways for Kendall, and we didn't have to do too much. But you know, we 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 created chances, and we looked a little bit more like ourselves. But um, you know, in chasing the game, they're always going to have a few chances in the second half. But um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the positives are the supporters. You know, they were incredible. I think, um, you know, as I say, credit to the, to themselves. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, the the fact that Dan Hattersley got some good minutes in his kind of uh, debut game, um, the, the fact that we got Tien and Garvey back on the pitch to get some minutes and, and Connor Birch as well, who's, who's missed a lot of football for a variety of reasons. And, um, you know, they're good positives. And, and Harley Jackson, who came onto the pitch at the end, a young 17-year-old lad who, it was a shame, he had to come on in such a such a um, performance, but he was in, he was exceptional when he came onto the pitch and and, and showed the heart and desire and um, quality really that that we should have seen from the more established players from from the first minute of the game. So th- there are some positives there to look hard enough, but it's very difficult to to look past that kind of first 30, 35 minutes really when um, we just weren't at the races and and we we didn't do anything that we'd planned to do and and certainly didn't. Um, put a very good performance um, in at all and, and des- <laughs> deserves what we got in the end. 
Is it a reminder, do you think, that your team and just the club as a whole still has a long way to go if it really does want to be pushing for a way out of this division in the near future? Yeah, yes, um, it's it's a it's a big reality check where you know you nobody can come into a game expecting just to turn up and put a performance in, and you know as, as, as good as we we were for large parts of the game against Bury last week, you know we we didn't get anywhere close to that um, in the first half today, and um, you know you can't have that inconsistency even at you know this level of football, you know a reasonably good team will find you out, and you know you know I don't think. I'd be wrong in saying Kendall didn't have to create very much in order to cause his problems in those first that first half an hour. We create them all ourselves, and you know that's that's a lack of focus and concentration and application and commitment to what we're trying to do. That you know it, it's easy to turn up against Bury and do that, but it's got to be done every every week uh, over 46 games in a season. And today we we haven't turned up, and enough players haven't turned up to, with the right mindset and and the right qualities and the right kind of. Um, resilience to 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 put a performance in and, and you're going to get found out at this level of football if that happens and that's exactly what we did and you know although we, we had a reasonably decent reaction you know you shouldn't need to concede five goals for that to happen and just one very quick question before we let you go we heard that quite big revelation before the game kicked off that Dean Pennington wasn't in the squad this weekend he hadn't traveled because as you say he's been approached by another club is there any particular detail or insight you can impart on us all around that situation no not really um the, the, he's he, he there's been a seven day approach for him which we waived because it's a it, it seems on the face of it a really good opportunity for him and um it's only right that he explores that and we we fully support him exploring that that opportunity and hope that it can come to fruition you know dean's dean's come to the club having you know fallen out of love with football a little bit um over a period of time and you know he's found his love for the game he, you know we've we've supported him through through that and he's you know got evident qualities that it, it doesn't really surprise us that, that clubs that other clubs are looking at how they can include him in their plan so you know part of our club is about providing a platform and showcasing manx talent and you know it, it is one of the things we hope will happen more in the future where you know our players move on and and if that happens for dean in this instance then fantastic you know the club's working isn't it and and if it doesn't and he decides he's he's better off playing for us on the isle of man for the for the next little while then fantastic we you know we we keep it on an excellent player for the team so we we don't have anything else i don't think to share at this moment in time we're going to let dean take as much time as he needs to explore the the opportunity that he's been offered and and hopefully he can make that work and and if he can't make that work for whatever reason then we look forward to continuing to work with him he's such a positive enthusiastic you know dedicated young man to his to the game and um he's fantastic to have around and um whoever you know whether that's also a a club off island that has the privilege of having him in their squad then he'll always give 110 percent for everybody so yeah that that's it really i'm sure if if anything happens one way or the other, then we'll, we'll communicate that to people. But um, it was only fair to be open and honest as well in terms of why he wasn't in the squad and, and why he dropped out of the squad, which which is what we did. And, you know, the, the players and everybody in the club was kind of aware of the situation. But it was I think it was important to nip anything in the bud. Um, if, he, if he wasn't involved and people saw that he hadn't travelled, then we just wanted to be um, keep everybody abreast of the situation. Paul, thanks very much for a couple of minutes of your time and uh, wishing you and the rest of the team a safe journey home. Cheers, Rob. Thanks ever so much. Manx Radio Sport.
Well, we're now going to turn our attention to hockey and after a break last weekend to mark the halfway point of the men's and ladies campaign, fixtures got back underway in earnest across the divisions from late this morning and throughout this afternoon. Some key battles once again in this crucial second half of the season across the divisions. And we're joined right now by our hockey correspondent, Ben Cunningham. Ben, very good evening to you. Very good evening to you, Rob. Some uh, big results to go through to this evening. Indeed there are. Well, let's dive straight into it then. Uh, we've still, still got a packed show and uh, just coming up to half five at the moment. So let's take a look at the Ladies Premier League. Three games taking place there today. We had uh, one of the big ones, Vikings A up against Backers A. Vikings A, the unbeaten league leaders coming up against their rivals Backers A. King Williams College at five past twelve this afternoon. And uh, maybe a bit of a, a shock to the system here for the league leaders, Ben, because Vikings A, they've lost out to Backers A by three goals to do their first loss of the season. Yeah, first loss of the season and... And it's quite a big loss because we'll go through the results and then I'll give you the league table as it stands after today's results uh, for the Ladies Premier League. Yeah, but a massive result there for backers. Uh, Sam Hassel with two and Emma Corti with one. And then for Vikings, it was Molly Wheeler and Sarah Blackman. And then taking a look at the game that's pushed back at 12.30 at the NSC. That was Harlequins A up against uh, Valkyries A. And uh, Valkyries A, a comprehensive performance here, Ben, beating Harlequins A by four goals to nil. Yeah, big result there. I knew uh, Harlequins had a few players uh, missing today due to, of course, being half-term and that. But um, I think most teams as well have had this issue this weekend. Uh, Jess Loder, Ellen Cleeter, Emily Kelly and Becky Pate all were goals each for Valkyries. And rounding off the ladies' Premier League today, saw a southern derby taking place at Castle Russian High School. Castletown B up against Castletown A, and the A-team coming out on top here, showing why they are the A-team up against a Castletown B side, who've, uh, who clearly put up a good fight in this game. Castletown A winning over Castletown B by eight goals to two. Yeah, a great result there for Castletown A. Um, of course, Castletown B still looking for points, so a big task ahead of them now. Uh, Ashley uh, Lynch for and uh, Hannah Ashton Foster for Castown C, uh, Castown B, sorry, and then for Castown A, it was Hannah Lees, Amy Sellers, S- uh, Sarah Sarah Farragher, Helena Allen, Evie Watson, Ruby McCabin, uh, McCubbin, sorry, and Dulcie Tier. And looking at the lead table now, Vikings' loss is a big loss because they've now dropped to third place on goal difference so the top three are all level on points and it's goal difference that separates very close indeed then it separates them so now Valkyrie's a atop with Castown a second Vikings a third Backers a fourth Quinn's fifth and Castletown bottom could have one brilliant title race in the uh, remaining weeks, couldn't we? Well, let's Absolutely. move to the men's Premier League, where it uh, was some equally important ties at the top of the respective table there. But we'll start with a key battle uh, toward, well, lower down, I should say, in the men's Premier League. Castletown A up against a backers B side uh, struggling for points, but they've put in a very respectable performance against the Castletown A side, who over previous uh, seasons have shown that they can uh, provide a shock or two to some of the big boys in this particular league. Uh, Castletown A, they did come out on top against backers B today, but really not by much, Ben. This seemed an entertaining game. Castletown A5, Backers B4. Yeah, and Backers B will be definitely uh, annoyed they didn't get the result when they hear the other result of their closest competitor. Uh, but yeah, for Castletown, 5-4, they've just clinched it there. Alistair Ledridge with two, Steve Ronan with two, and Matty Gurry with one. 
And then for backers, it was uh, Doug uh, Doug Quayle with three and Gareth Nichols with one. But a massive result there for Castletown and one that backers are going to regret having here in all the other results. And then a huge game at the top of the Men's Premier League at King Williams College from 1.30pm today. That's all. The rivals, backers A and Vikings A facing off. Vikings A unbeaten at this going into this game at the top of the league as well. Backers A with uh, Valkyze as well, both trying to claw points back. And this could blow the title race wide open, Ben, because Backers A have beaten Vikings A by two goals to one. Vikings A's first defeat of the season and Backers A closed the gap. Absolutely. And yeah, another Vikings team who were unbeaten and no longer unbeaten. Uh, Macklin Wilson for Vikings A and it was Shea Christian and Keen Ledridge for backers A, but a massive uh, result there for backers, one that they definitely needed, and we'll look at the lead table when we say the next result, because that's a massive result as well. Indeed it is. Uh, Valkyze up against Harlequins at the NSC from 2 o'clock today. Valkyze who were locked level on points with backers A going into uh, this weekend and maybe, just maybe, hoping that Vikings A would have a slip-up, and indeed they have. But Valkyze Ben... They haven't been able to capitalise. Uh, uh, st- stunned, really, by Harlequins A here. Valkyries A2, Harlequins A3. Yeah, and uh, of course, Valkyries will be... We're hoping that uh, Vikings would slip, and they've slipped. But then, at their own expense, Valkyries have slipped themselves. So, Sam Moffat with two, and then for... Sorry, Sam Moffat with two for Valkyries A. And then for Harlequins, it was uh, Tom Hurd, Ronan Santanatolio, and Oren Blakemore. So we look at the league table now in the men's Premier League. Vikings A, even though they lost today, will still remain top, but they are now only one point clear of backers A. So there's a big, big push now towards the end of the season. So a uh, lot riding on that game. Uh, Valkyries, though, they all uh, they have dropped now below Castletown A. Castletown A now go above them uh, in third. Valkyries A go fourth on goal difference. Level on points with Quinns, who are fifth, and then Backers B, who uh, still have not got any points on the board, remain bottom, but now they have got to get a result from the remaining fixtures, otherwise it will be relegation for them. Well, let's quickly take a look through the other divisions. Uh, three games taking place in ladies' division one. Two of those pushing back at two o'clock. The first of those, Castletown C nil, Valkyries B four. Yeah, good result there for Valkyries B. Uh, one that they knew they had to go and get today. Uh, Steph Cottier, Molly Thomas, uh, Abby uh, Callister, and May May Sar Smith with all goals each. And the other game pushing back at two o'clock, a battle towards the top. Ramsey A1, Vikings B1. Yeah, and uh, Vikings B, of course, will uh, a point clear of uh, 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 Ramsey A. So it's a, a big result there for them. Uh, Eleanor Cayley for Vikings B and Sarah Busky uh, with a goal for Ramsey. Not so close in the uh, next game, though. It was uh, Backers Derby at King Williams College. Backers C1, Backers B11. Yeah, Interclub Derby and Backers B have made uh, shown the C team why they are the higher team. Sam Franklin with four, Sienna Millwall with three, Penny Webster with one, Leah Mella with one, Ellie Pearson Bass with one, Iona Bridges with one, and then for Backers C it was uh, Mc... I apologise if I get this name wrong, uh, McKenzie uh, Cubbon. 
And then looking at men's Division 1, there were three games originally scheduled, but uh, only two took place. Castown B versus Viking C was awarded as a walkover to Castown B. Viking C unable to field a team. But the other two games that went ahead, one of them was a late pushback, 3.30. Harlequins B1, Valkyries B5. Yeah, good result there. Valkyries B knew they had to keep their winning form up to remain top, and they have done. Uh, Steve Cottier with two, Seb uh, Devereaux with one, Michael Deal with one, and Vaughan Batchelor with one. And then Harlequins consolation was Corey Corkill. And uh, one result that we didn't have just at the time. Ben, I'll just check if we have had an update. The other 3.30 pushback, Vikings B versus Ramsey A. We have got a score in. Vikings B nil, Ramsey A two. Uh, so that keeps Ramsey A in contention now with Valkyries B, who I think they play not next week, the week after. So a big game coming up there. Alex Neal with one and Nat Smith with one. Very well. Then into ladies' division two. Valkyries C nil, Harlequins B six. Yeah, good result there for Harlequins. They knew they needed to get this to keep their position in second place and to keep the uh, pressure on Castown D, who will remain top following their result, which we'll come to shortly. Uh, Lucy Passy with two, Ella Blakemore with one, Kerry Liam with one, Molly Dennett with one, and Gemma Quayle with one. And then we have Castletown E1, Castletown D5, a Castletown derby. Yeah, Castletown derbies are always good, fun ones, and uh, this one has lived up to it. Uh, for Castletown E, it was Millie Shaw, and then for Castletown D, it was Alina El- Wiseman with two, and Sophie Python with three. And the other game in Ladies Division 2, Ramsey B3, Viking C0. Isla Kane with two, and Abigail Harvey with one, giving uh, the Northerners a good result there. And in men's Division 2, just the two games. Uh, we'll start off with the early pushback that was at 11. Valkyres C4, Bacchus D2. Yeah, good result there for Valkyres uh, C. I think now that moves them up to second now in place of Bacchus D, who were second going into this game. Uh, Mike Fowles with two, Juan Belando with one, and Di- uh, Dan Le- Leonos with one. And then for Bacchus D, it was uh, Dave Cowley and Dave Neal with one each. And running off the senior leagues in men's division two, Backers Colts two, Castletown C three. Yeah, big result here for Castletown C because they were bottom and Backers Colts were top. So uh, big result. They've beaten the uh, league leaders in this league. Uh, for Castletown, I have no scorers, so you could text them through one six six one seven seven. That'd be brilliant. Otherwise, for Backers Colts, it was Doug Quayle and Alex Alex Stewart. And last but certainly not least, two games in the under-15s league. We'll start with a comprehensive win for one side between Valkyries and Vikings. Valkyries 8, Vikings 0. Yeah, Valkyries uh, under-15s are looking really strong this season. Uh, Ryan Thomas with two and Liam Harrison with six goals. So a good day's work there for Liam Harrison. And rounding off the under-15s league, uh, the late pushback was at 4.30 back as Harlequins. Have you had any update on that game so far? It is still ongoing. It's, it's worth still ongoing. Out. Unfortunately, I haven't had anything through, but uh, Tony's hired me to do some draws. So if I get anything through when we do the draws, I'll let you know. Brilliant. Ben, for the meantime, thank you very much indeed. Manx Radio Sport.
Well, after so many of the uh, stories and stats having to be compiled throughout this show so far, we can now turn our attention to the Isle of Man Football League's a huge game in the title race in the Canada Life Men's Premier League taking place uh, during today. And of course, eight remaining going into Saturday in the GH Corlett Woods Cup. Uh, since you last joined us on the classified results that we'd had so far, Tony Meppham has been... Uh, ringing his contacts and finding out where those other results are. Thank you so much for sending in those and also uh, to Tony as well and the others at the other end for getting in touch and getting all of those other results in. So we're going to start very quickly with the uh, GH Call at Woods Cup quarterfinals, Tony. Four games taking place today. Two of those went to extra time, in fact, and that's where we're going to start with Governors Athletic up against uh, Douglas and District. Both could not be separated one all after 90 minutes, but Governors Athletic snatching it in extra time by two goals to one. A fantastic result for Governors and uh, I think that's Governors' actual uh, first semi-final so well done to everyone that's worked hard on there and said to you at lunchtime uh, the way things have been going for them they've been able to find people that can score goals and uh, just they've been so committed to it and um, it was 1-1 I think uh, went into uh, extra time and uh, the, the winner was scored in that uh, sort of extra time period but it was an own goal and Kyle Jackson were the two goal scorers for Governors Athletic for Douglas and District uh, Adrian Scabucha uh, got the goal and um, yeah I've had a report in I won't read it out because um, you know it's uh, just one of those but uh, great result for Governors Athletic and they're into the draw for the semi-finals later on yeah, we're going to have to fire through these results, I think, I if will. we're going to get those draws yeah. in. So let's get right into them. One that didn't go to extra time, Onken versus Foxdale, two of the Titans of Division 2 at the moment. Foxdale just about edging out Onken by three goals to two. Yeah, and I think uh, it was down to Foxdale uh, taking a 2-0 lead and uh, Jason Charmer got uh, both the goals. Uh, Aaron uh, Christian uh, got one and then he got sent off. So Onken were down to 10 players. Adam McCulloch uh, pulled a goal back, but uh, Jay Chatwood it was who uh, got the winning goal. And uh, congratulations to Jane Ann, who's a lady referee. Excellent performance uh, by her. And it's uh, Foxdale go through 3-2 winners. And then Michael United, one of the front runners in Division 2, they were host- hosting Douglas High School Old Boys. And uh, big result for Old Boys here against uh, Michael United on Michael United turf here. No easy feat in Division 2 here. Old Boys progressed. They've beaten Michael United by five goals to two. Yeah, I think it, what it cost uh, Michael was uh, Jordan Cowan getting sent off. Uh, so uh, it was uh, 2-2, I think, going into uh, extra time. Old Boys uh, did really well. Andrew Ward uh, with a goal. Um, I've got a question mark on that one because I've got uh, Nick Bass as well, so we'll let them sort that one out. Uh, Danny Gallen got a goal, Robbie Ward, Craig Stewart and uh, Lee Gartland. So a terrific result that for Douglas High School, old boys. And the other game, the quarterfinals, was a cracker down south between Malou and Colby. This uh, change of venue over to Station Fields at Colby at the uh, last second. Malou's uh, pitch uh, deemed unfit, but the uh, two teams working together to get the game on over at Colby. So uh, full credit to both teams to getting the game on. And what a game it was as well. Both locked level um, after 90 minutes, but Colby emerging 4-3 winners after extra time, Tony. Yeah, well done to uh, Colby. If you could text us through the scorers, both teams, please, uh, because it'd be nice to give the boys uh, a mention, but... Uh, by all accounts, I think uh, Colby must have been leading uh, most of the way, but uh, Malou clawed themselves back into it. Well done to them. And uh, just uh, finished up uh, with a sneaky 4-3 win for Colby. OK, let's take a look at the league fixtures, starting with the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Uh, we'll start over at Glencrutchery Road. St George's nil, Laxey 4. And uh, first goal uh, for Laxey, I think, was uh, Tom Cowan. Dave Reynolds got a goal. Ben Wazza and Eric Hill, I think that's his first goal for uh, Laxey's first team. So well done, uh, Eric. Congratulations on that one. And uh, St George is uh, still looking for some more points on the board. 
And then a crucial game of, over at the Memorial Playing Fields between Moran and Union Mills, two teams battling away at the bottom of the table at the moment. And a big three points and three goals as well for Union Mills. Moran nil, Union Mills three. Well done to Union Mills. They're a great club. Uh, they work hard. And unfortunately for them, the results haven't been going well. Changed the manager halfway through the season. And uh, Ryan Kelly's uh, come in and um, he's got something to talk about now. So well done, Ryan. Uh, Jack Murray it was with uh, two of the goals. Luke Booth uh, got the first one. Cracking result that for Union Mills and it just release, releases a bit of pressure because when you look at the bottom two of that uh, uh, Canon Life Premier League, it's Union Mills now on 11 points, so uh, three points clear of um, around, but uh, Brad and St George is still down there with them. And the early kickoff of the Premier League between St Mary's and uh, St John's, ending all square in the end. St Mary's won, St John's United won. Chris Haspridge uh, got uh, the goal for St Mary's. For St John's, it was Dean Lease and uh, Luke Murray, man of the match, and that's all the information I've got. And the same scoreline over at Bella Fletcher, separately between Corinthians and Russian United. One apiece between the two and a point each. Yeah, Corinthians led the game for quite a while. Uh, Josh Kane, it was, who got the goal for uh, Corinthians. But then uh, Matty Lamb uh, got the equaliser. I think it was in the second half. 1-1, it finished. And then uh, one game hugely anticipated this weekend, the battle between the top two in the Canada Life Men's Premier League leaders. Peel up against Air United, who went into this weekend just three points behind Peel, but with two games in hand. They faced off at Douglas Road today. Uh, Tony, that match um, sadly abandoned in the second half. Um, do you have any details as to uh, uh, why that was the case just at the moment? Can do. Uh, let's give you the scoreline, how it went uh, first off anyway. It was uh, Air United who took the lead. A good start by uh, Peel, but uh, it was Air who uh, got the first goal. Harry Best, it was. Good strike right-footed by him to the goalkeeper's right-hand side, 1-0. And then uh, Louis Morris got one just inside the uh, penalty area and uh, he finished it off and it was looking uh, comfortable. But uh, second half, it was uh, roles reversed because uh, Reese Oates uh, came off the bench and he scored one from uh, the penalty spot. Uh, I think it was a shot, went in, hit uh, the hands of uh, one of the defenders and uh, the referee, Matty Shaw, had no choice but to award a penalty. Reese uh, converted it, 2-1 it was, and then three minutes later, or two minutes later, uh, the second one went in, and uh, Matthew Woods has been awarded it. I'm not 100% on that one. So 2-2 uh, it was. Then, uh, with about four minutes to go, uh, serious injury to um, Ayers player, Harry Weatherall. Um, not good. Uh, so the game was abandoned, and the right decision by the referee as well. You can't continue after something like that and uh, thanks for the ambulance getting down when they did and uh, speedy recovery for uh, Harry and um, people keep asking what's going to happen with this game now the FA will look at this one um, because I think it's always nice for the two clubs to uh, have an input on it um, so we'll bring you news but at the moment it's classed as an abandoned game OK, thank you, Tony. And uh, naturally, just to echo your words there, we wish the uh, the player concerned there a full and speedy recovery as well. Uh, the other game in the Canada Life Men's Premier League was up north between Ramsey and struggling Bradham. And Bradham, although they've missed out again today, gave a good account of themselves against the Ramsey side. We know the strengths that they can possess. But Ramsey ultimately coming away with three points. Ramsey two, Bradham one. Yeah, and Ramsey keep uh, working away. And uh, even though it's uh, tight in the end, I think they took a 2-0 lead. Dylan Pickles with one. Sorry, I haven't got the goal score of the second one because it was a new name to me. But... Uh, Callum Holden uh, scored again for uh, Braddon so as long as they keep playing like they are Rob you can see Braddon sort of maybe picking some points up here but uh, they're doing well that's all we can say about them but they need to try and get a sneaky win somewhere OK, then we move into DPS Limited Division 2. Just the two games there, of course, eight Division 2 sides were involved in the Woods Cup quarterfinals today, but two games taking place. Uh, one of those, Paul Rose versus Castletown. Paul Rose, it's been a challenging season for them to this point, uh, up against the Castletown side, fighting for promotion. And Castletown coming, uh, coming out on top in this one by eight goals to two. 
Tani uh, Lane got three goals. Uh, Oli Shearer got uh, two. Alex Crawley, Aaron Field and uh, Ash Egan. And it was uh, Callum Dunn who got the first one for Paul Rose. And uh, JP Joyce uh, got the second one. I don't think it was long before Castletown started the scoring off. I think the first one went in after three minutes. So keeps them uh, sort of uh, mixing it at the top of the table and uh, a good result for them. All square in the other DPS Limited Division 2 game. Uh, entertaining game by the sounds of it uh, down at Tremode. Uh, Jim's three, Ramsey Youth Centre and All Boys three. Yeah, trying to get some information. The goal scorers on that one haven't got any at the moment, but um, that's a great result for Jim's, I think. Point on the board, and it's a great result for them having a game of football because now that puts a lot them, of games to make up at the uh, moment played, as well. Uh, exactly. Circumstances. Ten games, so they're going to have a lot of night games uh, coming up, but uh, you know, good battle by both two teams committed to it. Canada Life Combination 1, only two games are scheduled. Uh, one of those, uh, Braddon versus Air, that was already awarded as a walkover to Air United, an away walkover because Braddon sadly unable to field the team. Uh, the other game, St John's United and Rush United, that was a score we were waiting on. Tony, is that still the case? Um, uh, Foxdale against Michael, is that the one you said? Uh, St John's United oh, St. John's and Russian, Russian United, sorry, no, one. that one hasn't come through yet. Very well. Uh, if, if anyone does have that information, please do text in one double six one double seven. Turning our attention to DPS Limited Combination Two, four games were scheduled there. One of those, Douglas Athletic versus Douglas High School Old Boys, was postponed ahead of matches starting today uh, due to an unfit pitch. Uh, nevertheless, a nine-goal thrill in the first one on the list here between Foxdale and Michael United. Michael United, the winners, beating Foxdale by six goals to three. Probably expected to be fair. Haven't got any Michael's uh, goal scorers, uh, but uh, certainly for Foxdale, Dean Betridge got one. James Moore. Uh, got a goal as well, and Callum Wade. But, uh, you know, Michael, if you can, please, 166-177. And elsewhere, uh, Colby 2, Jim's nil. Yeah, thanks to uh, Dickie Gale, uh, who's just uh, texted through the goal scorers for that one. And uh, the goal scorers for Colby, I think, is Jack Fordham and an own goal. And uh, in the other cup game, the Colby scorers were Carl Hickey with one, Seb Spears, Jack Skillicorn, and uh, Paul Whitley. Thanks a lot, Dickie, for that. Thank you very much for those details. Last but certainly not least, uh, Douglas and District 4, Rams Youth Centre and All Boys 2 in combination 2. 2-1 two to D&D at uh, half-time and it was uh, Jack Owen uh, Maters who got uh, a goal. Ben uh, Hall got one from the penalty spot. Mark Quirk got a goal and Dom Quirk uh, got the other one and that uh, uh, Jackman Mayers it is. Uh, that's his first goal for the club so congratulations to him and D&D. Time is 13 minutes to 6. So those are the uh, details of the Alaman football fixtures across the island today. But we're not done with the footballing side of things. We now have the time to bring you two live draws taking place. We have the semi-finals of the GH Call at Woods Cup. The draw for that's taking place in just uh, a moment, Simon. Also, we will have uh, the latest cup time, the Masters football as well. So, Tony, we'll start things off with the... Uh, we, we Actually, I believe we have... Uh, Ben Cunningham ben. is going to be your glamorous assistant again. He is still sat across from me. So, uh, Ben, just to start with, we'll start with the Masters draw. I believe we have uh, 10 uh, teams in the hat for this one. So, Ben, if you could just quickly check uh, that we do have uh, 10 in the bag so far. Tony, could you just quickly explain uh, the format for this? Yeah, the Masters uh, FA Cup, it's a cup competition uh, in the normal way. So, we want um, four teams out of it, Ben. So, we want two fixtures. And uh, these games are due to be played on the 17th of March. First one. Number two. Number two is Colby. And they will play. Number nine. Number nine is Peel. And the second and last game. Number six. Number six is Governor's Athletic. Against number seven. And number seven is Laxey. So the draw there, Rob, is uh, the first game out of the hat was uh, Colby against Peel. And the second fixture is Governor's Athletic against Laxey. 
So uh, those fixtures to be played, due to be played on the seventeenth. Uh, of uh, March. Just had a, a message through as well, just with regards to that Combi 2 game between Foxdale and uh, Michael United. The goal scorers for Michael, in fact. So it was a hat-trick for uh, Nathan Farragher, uh, a goal for Michael Workman, and also two for Chris Padden. Payden. Uh, so that draw there, Colby versus Peel, Governor's Athletic versus Laxey. Either of those uh, stand out in any particular way to you, Tony, at the moment? Or is it difficult to guess at this point? Uh, Masters is... Uh... Not too difficult because there's two teams I think just out on it is uh, Onken against uh, Laxey and uh, Onken uh, had a comfortable win against uh, Laxey last week so uh, it does look as if Onken are going to win that uh, league but let's have a look at the first one Colby and Peel they've got uh, both teams have got good players in that so uh, I would say at the moment I would just edge that towards uh, Colby depending on what their lineup will be Governors Athletic I, was, I watched them a couple of weeks ago Rob and they're, they're really good they're good going forward uh, they're solid in defence but against Laxey Laxey have been a much improved team this year done really well uh, so I'm going to go for Laxey to beat Governors in that game OK, well, that is the draw for the uh, opening round of the Masters FA Cup to take place on the 17th of March. We'll now turn our attentions to the draw for the semi-finals of the GH Corlett Woods Cup, the quarterfinals, and some great quarterfinal ties today taking place across the Isle of Man. But now, just four teams remain. So, uh, Tony, for those who've uh, missed the results just at the moment, could you remind us which teams are in the hat for the semi-finals? Certainly can, and uh, the teams that are in the hat are Douglas High School Old Boys, Governors Athletic, Foxdale and Colby. So we're going to call back in your glamorous assistant, Ben Cunningham, in just a moment. Well, uh, ben, could you just confirm as well that we have uh, four balls in the bag as well? We do. We have four in the bag. Excellent. So, uh, Tony, Ben, if you'd like to do the honours and do the draw for the semi-finals of the GH Call at Woods Cup. Number three. Number three is Foxdale. Number four. And number four is Governors Athletic. Number two. Number two is a home tie for Douglas High School Old Boys. Against number one. And number one is Colby. So the two semi-finals, um, the semi-finals are obviously uh, uh, mid-March. Uh, I haven't got the exact uh, date, but uh, certainly the uh, final is on Good Friday. So we're tight times on that one. But it's Foxdale against Governors Athletic and Douglas High School Old Boys will play Colby. And just taking a look at that uh, particular draw as well, uh, Foxdale have just been going from strength to strength so far this season. I think, uh, Tony, I think you've mentioned before that there were maybe a couple of predictions somewhere that, that uh, some might see maybe Foxdale dropping off towards uh, as the campaign went on. It just does not seem to be the case. This Foxdale train just keeps going and going. And up against the Governor's Athletic side, who tough time in Division 2 last season, but have started to pick up a little bit. I mean, what are the chances Governor's Athletic could upset the odds here? Well, it's at uh, Billy Goat, so, um, you know, the pitch, depending on the, the weather conditions at that time, might just uh, help them. But uh, Governors Athletic are a chain side. Uh, they've really sort of worked hard. And whether it's because uh, they're playing on the pitch up at Nobles Park, I don't know. Uh, but uh, against Foxdale, it's going to be tough because I just think at the moment, Foxdale are absolutely flying. Great results. And, um, you know, today they've, they've got a, a good win against a really strong Onken side and that takes some doing so it shows you where they are at the moment in Div 2 and here they are in the semi-final and in the other semi-final it seems to be if we're looking on paper at least two sides on slightly different trajectories at the moment almost uh, Douglas High School Old Boys who after a, a tough start to life in uh, Division 2 after relegation last season seem to have had a real pickup in results recently uh, elsewhere with Colby a great start to uh, Division 2 life this season but just haven't been able to quite keep the pace with the likes of Foxdale Castletown and Michael United up at the top just at the moment all is not said and done of course but just with these two teams almost um 
at a bit of a crossroads in terms of form at the moment. Does this um, set it up for quite an interesting tie at Blackberry Lane? I think it does because, uh, you know, Colby said it last week that uh, they want some uh, silverware because uh, the when you look at where they were, you know, three or four years ago, you know, struggling for players and teams and stuff, and here they are going really well. Uh, new managers come in and uh, they've played some really good football. Uh, but, uh, you know, today against uh, Malou, it was uh, a real sort of uh, struggle for them. They had to work hard, but then, you know, on paper, Malou have got some good players in there. It's getting them out each week. But against uh, Douglas High School Old Boys, I watched them against their uh, gyms and, you know, there's a lot of experience in there. Like I believe today, uh, Old Boys goalkeeper got uh, Simbind and then uh, Robbie Ward went in goal and then obviously the keeper comes back on. So they had to uh, sort of work exceptionally hard in that uh, extra time and they got it through. And just looking at the, the goal scorers, Craig Stewart, Lee Gartland, um, Danny Gellin's a really promising young player. Uh, Andrew Ward, you know, Nick Bass, they're all sort of been there, got the T-shirt, and against their Colby, they'll really fancy the chances, and being at home as well, it'll make for a good game of football. We've just had another result through as well, that one that we were waiting for that was outstanding in uh, Canada Life Combination 1. It's uh, finished St John's United nil, Russian United 4, Tony. Tony, you've spoken about this Russian United combi side a little bit in the last few weeks because, of course, that incredible um, flawless record they had to win the um, Combination 1 title last Last season. Bit of a tricky start for them, but you've you've spoken about that they just seem to have found another gear yet again in the last couple of weeks and four goals and three points again today. Well, it is, and when you look at that now, they go on uh, 34 points and they've played 15 games. When you look at the team above them, St Mary's, who have had a couple of defeats lately, they've played uh, 18 for 35. But the team you've got to look out for is Ramsey. Now, Ramsey and Russian have played the same amount of games, 15, but now Russian are only four points behind them. And uh, when I looked at uh, Russian's uh, team sheet for the combination, they've got some really good players in there. And I just, they've got plenty of games. Uh, they play 22, so there's seven to play for both teams. So that's going to be a real good battle to watch. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think uh, Russian and Ramsey might still have each other to play. Well, coming up to five minutes to six, just a couple more questions for both uh, Tony and Ben, actually, just looking to Sunday. Uh, Tony, no games uh, taking place in Alabama football this Sunday with it being the half-term break. So just for quick clarity, um, are we planning to see Sunday games return next weekend? Yes, next weekend. Um, it's half-term. It's one of those difficult ones, Rob, you know, people going away. Uh, but uh, this weekend, we've kept it uh, sort of clear. And from what I was uh, speaking to, um, you know, Ben, or I got information through that uh, some of the hockey teams have struggled this weekend four players away is that right yeah um yeah we've we've had uh, a couple of teams having to pull players up to higher teams and then that's all unfortunately meant that the lower teams have had to concede their games but i mean fortunately enough we've only had one game out of all of them this weekend that's had to be awarded as a, as a walkover so um yeah credit to all the teams for getting out teams and that well, Tony Meppen, thank you very much, as always, this evening. Uh, well, very quickly, just before we wrap things up, we'll, we'll come back to Ben Cunningham because the hockey action is uh, resuming tomorrow and it's in the form of the Isle of Man ladies' national side. They were due to play in the women's uh, the England Hockey Championships, the Women's Tier 2 Knockout Championship, last weekend away at Liverpool Sefton Ladies. Due to travel disruption, uh, they were not able to make that journey for that game last oh. weekend. But, uh, Ben, that has been rearranged and it's due to take place tomorrow. Yeah, brilliant news that we've managed to get it rearranged uh, so quick. Unfortunately, the the ladies they got to the airport and just yeah nothing was going anywhere so unfortunately it was game over no game was going ahead and we've managed to reschedule it all and uh, the team are traveling away uh to tomorrow to uh hopefully bring back uh 
the win and to progress further into the final stages of the uh, tournament. And just having a quick uh, scout of the uh, squad news that you sent me this afternoon as well. It doesn't appear to be uh, any particular changes to the squad that was due to travel last weekend. And one thing that you pointed out um, as a real strength of this team, potentially, and has been in previous seasons, uh, is that mix, that blend of both uh, experienced players who are used to playing at this level and the younger players starting to learn what it takes to win at this level and compete. Absolutely. And I mean, we touched on it, like say, last week, the likes of... Kim Carney, Zoe Crow, the names just go on in that in that selection which Jamie Brown has picked, and then of course they're all the senior players who've played in the Ireland squad in numerous years. But then you've got the likes of uh, Evie Watson, who's uh, a young up and coming talent and definitely one to watch, and she's definitely going to go far and she's going to definitely progress in the Ireland team. And I'm really glad that her and all of the players that have been picked have got spots in that Ireland team because they're going to represent the Ireland really well. Okay, well, uh, Ben, Tony, thank you very much indeed. And also, uh, big thanks as always to uh, Dave Christian, our rugby correspondent, and also thanks to uh, Paul Jones, FC Alabama's manager, for a couple of minutes of his time uh, after his side's defeat at Kendall Town today. That's all we have time for on uh, Saturday Sport Classified this evening on Manx Radio AM 1368 and Digital. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back uh, with Saturday Sport Classified next weekend as usual. But from me and the team, until next time, it's bye for now. Manx Radio Sport.